This show is part of the WND Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out more shows from WND, please head to our website at wndpress.com backslash podcast to see our current lineup. Only publishers die, you fucking idiot! Have you heard about the new drama around Drake? No. I, I I do know that he was present when Travis Scott murdered a bunch of people, and he didn't really do anything either. So Yeah, he didn't really save anybody. Um, right. so, he's got that freaks and geeks money. Oh, wait, no. He's got that no, he Degrassi, Degrassi money. See, he was the I get kid those in the mixed wheelchair. up because I don't care about either of those shows. He was the kid in the wheelchair that got shot. He was shot, he was shot before he was in a wheelchair. The shot put him in the wheelchair. But... He's dealing with something more serious now. Oh, okay. Drake accused of putting hot sauce in condom. <laughs> yeah, I did hear about this. You did hear about this. Okay. It so it's like such a bad way to do it. Uh, I mean, it worked. I feel like the condom's enough. Unless uh, you're using it wrong. No, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. You do you know do you know the whole story about why he put the hot sauce in the condom? To kill his sperm? Yes. But that's not why this is important. So okay. he did that. And he's being sued by the woman that he had sex with because she grabbed the condom and tried to impregnate herself and burned herself with the hot sauce. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) An Instagram model says she had a she had had a romantic encounter with the rapper at his hotel a few weeks ago. She told the too much hot tea bag blog. Or too much hot tea blog is what it is. Too many that, tomato that, sauces. Too many blog. tomato sauce. Uh, by the way, I think I'm allergic to, to tomatoes, and I'm going to have to talk about that in a second. <laughs> um, after they had had sex, Jerry, Drake disposed of the condom in the bathroom, and it seems that the woman wanted to have the baby, a baby with Drake. She says that she took the condom out of the trash and attempted to impregnate herself, and that's when she suffered from a burning sensation. Well, fuck her. She, I mean, is she that that she's is that not breaking the law? Is that not breaking <laughs> some sort of a confidence? Check this out. No. It might not be. That's bullshit. Because, so check this out. In some states, because he disposed of it, it's no longer his property. So she could do with it what she wants. There are also booby trap laws. Essentially, he set up a booby trap, and he could be held accountable for this because of... Is, is it ridiculous? Yes, of course it's ridiculous. It's absurd. But there are something called booby trap laws, and he he actually might get charged with something because he set a booby trap, knowing that she would probably do that. This fucking kangaroo court bullshit. You, she's trying to impregnate herself. They used a condom, number one. That's that's clue one. Like, I don't want a baby with you. And then clue number two, I've literally boiled my sperm in lava. And you're going to act like it's his fault? Fuck you. You're so upset about that. I think oh, it's hilarious. Fuck her, man. That's this, is a world, sh- this is a world that I don't know. And I don't it's understand. such a shitty fucking thing to do to somebody. I mean, and it's just like, what? You're just doing it so you can get some money out of the guy. Yeah, it's not a cool thing, um, but I just find it interesting. Not not necessarily the story. I don't give a shit about Drake, Drake or any of these people because it's just a circle that I will never understand. But what I do like is that I learned about booby trap laws and how that's a thing and people can get in trouble for that. It's, it's just like, it's like, you know, some of the shit that is, is a law, you know, like, oh, the age of consent's 12 in like Oklahoma or something. You're like, are you kidding? And then, you know, a, a booby trap law. If I put hot sauce in my condom because this crazy bitch is going to stuff it into herself. Which, I mean, once the sperm hits the air, 
I mean, Three days. it's it's really negligible that I mean, it's not it's it's very negligible that you could actually still get pregnant from it. She's a fucking psychopath. He it should be worried about that too. I know, but like the chances are, if it's like it's it, it the the virility I would assume goes down at some point. They die. They don't live forever, especially in what a if fucking they did? piece of plastic in a fucking trash can. Oh, if they what did, if, what if they did? Every place I've ever lived would just be teaming with them. <laughs> They're all just screaming, "Help! Help! <laughs> this is not where I was supposed to be. It's so dry." <laughs> that would be their Horrible. wasp. <laughs> Fuck him, <I'm> Montel. <laughs> well, now that we've we've just it's uh, that's what a gross way to start, really. What a, what a just a disgusting way Filthy. to open this up. Filthy. But it kind of works. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to I Don't Want to Hear It. I'm Mikey. And I'm Shane. And we, keeping with this sort of filthy, disgusting sort of vibe that we've already cultivated, we are back with part three of our Integrity Deep Dive. And this is the one where we're going to get into all the bands that are surrounding Integrity but this is not even a complete list, dear listener. But let us forewarn you: it's a lot. Yes, this is. There's a. It, it takes a lot of time to get through this coven. This, yeah. There, there are a lot of members to this cult, and I mean, it's just. This is. This may be a long one. We're gonna try to keep it from being a long one, but it could. It could get there. We could go all the way, people. So. We're not doing anything. We're not doing any sort of uh, 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 se- segments or anything. We're just going to dive right the fuck in, which I'm sure yes. some people would rather we do anyway. Yeah, yeah. So here's how we divided everything up for this episode. Actually, hold on. Before you even listen to this, if you've, if, if for some stupid reason you're starting with number three, go back to one. You'll understand what we're talking about if you go back to one. Integrity part one, integrity part two. We're on part three, where we're not even really going to talk about integrity. We're just going to talk about all these other fucking people who sound like integrity. Uh-huh, yeah, so, yeah. here's how we have divided everything up for this episode. We are starting first with Dwid Hellion's side projects. Then, we're going to branch out into the bands that we call integrity adjacent. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Those bands feature members of Integrity and known associates of the band. Then we're getting into the holy terror thing, the bands, the philosophy, etc., etc. They're sort of like Dwid's infernal minions. They do his sort of hellish missions for him. Yeah, yeah, they do his bidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like the he's you know the devil. He's the, he's then- the bandmancer. <laughs> He's a bandmancer. <laughs> and then finally, bands that are quite obviously influenced by integrity, but in fact uh, are not integrity. They yes. just sound like it. So we're diving in right now. Let's 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 get to the hellscape. We're gonna begin with Psy Warfare. So these are gonna be the start of the side projects. And Psy Warfare, uh, we talked about this in in Part one of our integrity deep dive. Psy Warfare mm. is with solo noise project. Uh, I rated this for this episode, and <clears throat> oh I, yeah, I rated yeah, all these bands. Shane Shane did rate each band uh, that we're going through today, which I was unaware of. So I am I am excited to hear this. Yes, so I am. Uh, it's it's there is a scale. Um, there are only three scores these bands could receive. So just as we go through, I will give you. Uh, I, I it'll be it'll be nice and simple. 
Uh, and I listened to literally every band on this on this uh, list. So it, it's been a long couple days. Um, <laughs> to start off, Psy Warfare gets a sad face. <laughs> now, <laughs> a very sad face very for me as face. well. Yeah, yeah. If you're not familiar, we talked about it. It's with Solo Noise Project. And that's that's not for lack of a better word because it literally is just noise. I tried to listen to it myself being like, maybe I'll like noise. I do not like noise. In an interview from 2015, Dwid told Vice that he was inspired to create Psy Warfare after seeing the siege at Waco, where federal agents used sound as a weapon. Uh, weaponized sound certainly goes a long way toward describing what this band sounds like, or thing sounds like, if you will. We imagine it's what will be screaming through your brain if you were ever to be pulled into a black hole and your body began to spaghettify. They could have been used for the hell orgy scenes in Event Horizon without an issue. That's what it sounds like. Now It does. They have been releasing music since the mid '90s, and much like Integrity, they have been extremely they have a, a, an extremely lengthy discography with lots of splits, singles, weird releases where they may, maybe they recorded a song on a piece of medical tubing that no one can ever listen to unless they die first. There's a lot of weird things that happen, and we're not recommending you check out any of their releases. But if you have to, go see this this. 1997 full length. Go listen to it from Sikotepic. Sikotepic. I don't know how you say it. It doesn't make any sense. with love. That might be the one to go listen to. Uh, yeah, it's X I C O T E P E C. So, uh, either that or their 2019 split with Integrity because Integrity does a wicked cover of Ozzy's "Bark at the Moon" on that. So it's maybe that sick. one. That's good. Well, the next side project that we're going to cover here is a band called Roses Never Fade. Now, Roses Never Fade plays with Discogs, which, shout out to Discogs. I use that website all the time to to fucking know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. They play with Discogs terms folk noir, which Uh is a genre tag that sort of translates to spooky swamp music played by conjoined twins on a guitar made of coffin wood that has only two functioning strings. Yeah. The band features Dwid on Whispers, and uh, then you got... (laughs) You got Matt Shack and Nick Brewer from Cleveland Metal Band, Pill Creation on guitars and random haunted house noises. So more on Pill Creation in just a little bit. Now, strangely enough, Roses Never Fades 2009 self-titled debut was released on Rock Vegas Records. What? Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, that's a late 2000s label famous for releasing the most ignorant bands in hardcore at the time. Just some real mongoloid, tie a brick to your fist idiocy. And this is more like ASMR for serial killers in their cooling off period. Yeah. So Roses Never Fade did two more full lengths. They did Fade to Black in 2010, and that was on A389, which is Dom Romero's label. And again, we'll talk more about him soon. Uh, And they also did Devil Dust in 2014 on Neuropa. Which has released, actually, Neuropa has released a bunch of these bands' records, um, but I didn't write that down for every one of them, so. Okay. They're, That's they're, fine. They're involved, we'll say. Yeah. Now, all three of the Roses Never Fade records, uh, they're very spooky, they're very sad, and they're very weird. Um, I'm. You could imagine these, uh, the sounds from the records sort of just emanating from beneath a haunted staircase. That's the only way it makes sense to me, because I can't sit and listen to it. We'll leave you with this. Roses Never Fade sort of sound like if Nick Cave was overcome by cosmic horror and then he just murdered all the bad seeds. Uh, Definitely, this is an introspective favorite of the Yellow King when he can't do his morning constitutional on the infernal plane. (laughs) So how would you rate (laughs) Roses Never Fade? I give them a smiley face. I liked it. Really? 
I really liked it a lot, actually. You really liked it. I did. I really, I, cause I dig like weird, folky, spooky shit like that. And it was really, really relaxing. Uh, all right. So Sledgehammer is the next band. Sledgehammer. What a great name for a band. It sounds band so, so, so good. Now, uh, this was a short lived side project fronted by Dwid in 2004 and Dwid started Sledgehammer after relocating to Belgium and the band first featured some high profile members of the hate thousand scene. We're going to get to hate thousand one day. It's a whole thing. Um, but in a nutshell, the scene was compromi- uh, comprised. It was compromised uh, by Dwid because he hexed everybody. Yeah. Um, the scene was comprised of bands that sounded like Slayer, crossed with Marauder, uh, and they would just murder people who drank beer at their shows. So a lot of fun. Sounds very like. serious. They took it very seriously. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that happens a lot in Europe. I don't understand why people take themselves so seriously in Europe. And it's weird because, like, it seems like Europeans take themselves not so seriously in anything else. But for some reason, straight edge hardcore, they just, like, straight up stab people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a lot. And they all drink over there. Like, they drink wine at, like, 12. I mean, what the fuck? Who cares? Like, they're known for beer. So what? Who cares? So what? So, aside from Dwid, the Sledgehammer lineup included members of 8,000 Legends, Congress, Liar, Empathy, and Death Before Disco. I hate that band name. Yeah, it is bad, but Congress and Liar are pretty fucking good, even though, yeah, yeah. Even though they kill me for this White Claw. Yeah. Now, the Your Arsonist EP was the band's only official release, and it is without a doubt a hardcore record. But if Dwid wasn't singing, it wouldn't be a very good one. It's just some early 2000s by-the-numbers hardcore that sounds like American Nightmare with goofy breakdowns, which is really just kind of unacceptable. Now, the only notable thing about the four tracks that, that, compromise, or that, that comprise Your Arsonist is that on multiple occasions, Dwid cackles evil laughter before a breakdown. That's kind of cool. Your Arsonist was released in 2004 on Martyr Records, a label which put out some pretty decent releases like uh, In Control, Modern Life is War, and Holding On. Uh, I love that first Modern Life is War's record, so that's fun stuff. Yeah, they did My Love My Way. What a great on album. Martyr, on Martyr. What a great, what a great album. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, Sledgehammer, uh, I, I, I'll agree. I'll give you a sad face as well. I'll go with your system. Sad face, no log, but a sad <laughs> face. Uh, Sledgehammer, I remember when it came out, I just was not that into it. I was like, this is, this is dwit. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Well, the next side project we have here is a band, well, a project. We'll call it a project because that's really what it is. Yeah. A project called Irons. Now, mm-hmm. Irons is like if Psy Warfare was nice. So... Irons was an instrumental soundscape project that Dwid collaborated on with Jacob Bannon, the vocalist of Converge. Uh Uh-huh. The group also featured Cleveland graphic artist Stephen Kasner, who had collaborated with Dwid on some Integrity Records and other releases. Now, (laughs) this is me talking. Irons is some real boards of Canada shit. It's melodic. (laughs) It's droning. And it's kind of annoying. It's pretty at the same time. But who cares? Like, eh. I think the real problem with Irons is how much of a missed opportunity this was. A melding of Converge and Integrity. Yeah. Just imagine the unrelenting hell that could have been unleashed if these two groups of maniacs actually really combined forces. You'd have a dual vocal attack from Dwid and Jake. You'd have Kurt Ballou and Aaron Melnick and Frank Novinick on guitar Chubby mm-hmm. Fresh on drums, but you'd have to put a muzzle on him so he couldn't tell anyone to, quote, go back to their country. No, you put Ben Kohler on drums for this. You don't put Chubby Fresh on. You put the Converge drummer on this. I think he's too good. This. I think he's too good for this. No, you need that. You need that because you need you need all that talent. Well, then Chubby Fresh should be, like, just stuffed in the bass drum. That he, would can, be he can keep the muzzle. 
Well, and then you'd have Nate Newton on base, but he's not even playing the base. He's just swinging it into the crowd like a battle axe. Uh-huh. I that like would that. have been so awesome. It's a shame, then, that we got this, like, Nicholas Reffin movie soundtrack bullshit instead. But I have to confess, as I was writing this, I was listening to Irons, and it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> I wanted to hate it, but by about the th- by about the second or third track, I was like, okay, I get it. It's fine. Okay. So I was going to say, like, after reading this, I was going to guess what your score was, and you were going to say a smiley face or a sad face, but I think that's more neutral face for you. It's a neutral face. It's not something I really go back to, but I did not hate it. I fucking loved it. I knew you would. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, the last side project band that we're going to cover on this episode is going to be Vermapire. Vermapier. Vermapier. I think it's Vermapire. Vermapire is a sick name, too. All right. So Vermapire is yet another side project of Dwid's, uh, but it's a little difficult to categorize. So we'll just let Dwid describe it. Quote, Vaudevillain horror soundtrack performed on homemade instruments, flickering imagery haunts, concealing the forgotten past of our vaudevillain apparition. He said vaudevillain twice in the same sentence. I don't like that. That's two different sentences. Oh, it is two. You're right. Never mind. I read that wrong. Ah, never mind. That's fine. Distorted broken sounds from the deteriorated reels of many lost 1920s silent era horror film devours the listener with the blackened within the blackened, grip-pocked nightmare that is conjured through the homemade electric cigar box guitar. Yep. So, is that on Discogs? <laughs> no, that was on their band camp. Okay, all right, all right. So, Vermapire is like if Max Shrek from Nosferatu was hopped up on PCP, running around the ship, just spitting blood on everyone. Uh, it's like one of those Halloween sound CDs, but if the sounds were actually recorded in hell, when the di- and when the disc is over, it sends you to hell. It sends you there. <laughs> Yeah. Vermpire just sounds terrifying. It's a lot of soundscapes featuring wailing and moaning and clanking chains. And sometimes it sounds like a song is about to start, then it just doesn't. So you've got that kind of experience. And, and the band, we'll use the term loosely, has a shit ton of one-off singles, splits, and they're a real chore to get through. Really harrowing, horrifying stuff. And we'll just say pick up, pick any of them. Any of them at random, regardless, and you'll have a real festival of fear. Yeah, I... I uh... I give it a sad face. Oh, very much so. Yeah, I wasn't into it. It's just... I don't want to listen to Jacob Marley. <laughs> I know, that's what it is. <laughs> it isn't, but it's like, I get, the, I get the 1920s silent vibe. I get it. But, like, it's just a lot to deal with. It's too much to deal with. It's, a, yeah. it's like, the thing is, is I understand, I understand the argument of making art for yourself, right? That's what art should be. You make you make art sure. for yourself. You don't make it for other people. And so I'm I'm happy that he has found a medium that he can do this in in, in a way that probably pleases him. Um, however, don't force it on anybody. <laughs> Just existing, he's forced it upon us. Yeah, I mean we 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 made these decisions and these conscious decisions to do these episodes, and and you know it's his fault. This is so. Dwight's fault. Uh, Vermapire, I would say, is extremely abrasive. So. It's, it's, yes. it's definitely not for everyone. I bet Matt. Uh, I bet Matt Randall loves it though. Probably he likes noise stuff. He probably also likes side warfare. Probably. Well, that's gonna do it for Dwid's side projects. I believe there's a couple more, but you know we just really don't have the time or the energy. So we're gonna move on to our next category of or uh, of of bands that orbit the integrity sun, which is black and dying. Yeah. These are our integrity-adjacent bands, and we're starting with the one. We're starting with the best one. 
uh-huh. my opinion, and I'm sure it's yours as well. Am I correct? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Oh, yeah. I will tell you right now, so many smiley faces. Oh, yeah. So, uh, however many smiley faces you got, that's how many I'm going to give it. We're starting with fucking ringworm. Okay, so Ringworm is probably the only band that we're going to mention during these episodes that we would classify as... The best? They're the best band we're talking about. But they're just not as prolific, so we didn't have as much to say about them. Now look, Ringworm hails from Integrity's hometown of Cleveland, and and they often are credited as well, right alongside with Integrity, uh, for what has become known as the Cleveland or the Clevo sound. And that sound is the integrity sound. You know, integrity was doing it first, really. You, you basically mix equal parts Chromags and Slayer, and then you put some actual demons in the vocal booth. That's mm-hmm. how you do it. Yeah. Technically, integrity was doing it in '88, sure, and Ring, but Ringworm wasn't too far behind. So they're kind of contemporaries. Now, yeah. It can be said that Ringworm has always been a tad bit more metal than hardcore, as vocalist Human Furnace, that is his name, <laughs> the hands down the best name, uh-huh. those Norwegian fucking shaved cats uh, from, from the black metal scene could have learned a thing or two from Human Furnace. <laughs> um, as he put it in a 2019 No Echo interview, he said, we always seem too hardcore for metal and too metal for hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did He's not story. wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah, they're somewhere in between, but they're fucking great. Now, uh-huh. Ringworm released their first record in 93. It was called The Promise, and it was on Incision Records. It's primitive, but you got some some songs like Blind of Faith, Numb, the title track, The Promise. They really do demonstrate the absolute hell this band was going to one day unleash. Mm-hmm. Then you got Birth is Pain. <laughs> so good. The band's second full length. It didn't come out till 2001 on Victory Records. The most vicious and unrelenting metallic hardcore record that maybe anyone up to that point had ever heard. Uh-huh. You got Agreed. Sickness. You got Madness of War. Self-Destruct. Wallow. N- not to mention every other goddamn track on the record. It just kills this record. Yeah. It's so good. It's so you good. had everything great about The Promise. It was just covered in blood and horror. Uh, Birth is Pain true masterpiece of the metallic hardcore genre. I I would think only integrity disembodied and buried alive can come even close. Um, You got justice replaced by revenge followed in 2005. The title track being one of the most ferocious fucking songs (laughs) the band would ever create. Yes. I mean, it's an exercise in absolute violence. It is wild. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. I, it is, it, it, it fills my cup. Yeah. The rest of Just Replaced by Revenge is flawless, too. You got No One Dies Alone, House of Hell, God Eat God, Death. Death! It's not an option! Those are some pretty, particularly brutal standouts. The rest of the record. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I mean, Justice is just, it'll just beat you into a coma and bury you alive. Now, the Venomous Grand Design uh, followed in 2007, another rip shit banger, and then the criminally underrated Scars followed in 2011. So mm-hmm. there's a bit of a gap. You know, there was a bit of a gap. Uh, though both those records are great. I listened to the Venomous Grand Design the other day again. It's so good, dude. The song, the key. Uh-huh. Up with the key. Oh God, I, I just I love it. I, listening to just doing this into these integrity episodes reminded me of how much I fucking love Ringworm. I uh-huh. love <laughs> fucking love Ringworm. 
Now, these two LPs, that marks the end of Ringworm's association with Victory Records and Tony Brummel's tomato red cranium of hatred and greed. I don't know how they got out of their contract. Human Furnace may have attempted to devour him whole. That, uh-huh. that would have done it. Now, it was at this juncture that Ringworm decided to simply become a metal band. Okay? Uh, yes. <laughs> they, 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 they were a hardcore band, a metallic hardcore band, but there, I believe there was a conscious decision after victory to say, we're just going to do metal now. Uh-huh. Uh, so they signed to Relapse Records, and they released an incomparable triptych of hell-scorched death thrash madness. <laughs> Hammer of the Witch in 2014. Uh-huh. Snake Church in 2016. So badass. And Death Becomes My Voice in 2019. Unstoppable. We recommend that if you're going to listen to these three, you take breaks in between. You run the risk of the Cenobites dropping by to give you that barbed wire colonic. <laughs> There's really not much more we can say. Ringworm is the absolute best. Mm-hmm. Thrashy, moshy, deadly, scorching, and the vocals. Human Furnace sounds like he's part dragon. Uh-huh. He really does. Uh, and, and so much like their neighbors in integrity, Ringworm continues to be one of the most respected revered and feared bands in the realm of metal and hardcore they're just too good oh yeah 100 smiley faces oh so many 666 (laughs) bloody smiley faces yeah absolutely let me make sure i make a note of that 666 all right cool all right we can we can move on to the next one you've been talking about this band a lot the next one that we're going to cover that's integrity adjacent adjacent is uh in cold blood yes yes so so in prepping for today, um, I did listen to Mushroom Head too. So we, so did we I. mentioned it's so, <laughs> it's so, so bad, bad God. So we mentioned In Cold Blood in the last two episodes because the band featured the brother, the brothers Melnick. You've got guitarist Aaron and bassist Leon, two of the architects responsible for Integrity's signature sound. Now, Integrity's, uh, I'm sorry, In Cold Blood's vocalist was, as we said last week, Jason Popson. Too many sons in that name. Uh, and he was he of <laughs> Mushroom Head and Integrity 2000 infamy. Now, despite this questionable pedigree, In Cold Blood forms an, an integral part of what we'd like to think of as the Cleveland Triangle, which by all rights should be a five-sided pentagram. But unfortunately, adding Confront, One Life Crew, and Pit Boss 2000 to the shape, w- it wouldn't work out. Those bands aren't really evil. That's why we can't include them. Pit Boss 2000 especially. They're evil for different reasons. They're just fucking stupid and straight edge. Uh, it, it's, like, it's like Sonic gonorrhea is what those are uh yeah, yeah you know and so in cold blood formed in the late 90s in cleveland and released their debut lp hell on earth on victory in 1998 and it is an evil beast the opener support lasts barely 30 seconds before dropping you into the ninth circle of bear no shame and it never lets up it just does not stop it's unrelenting as a record goes and axis used to cover bear no shame mm-hmm. and that was a good one it's a good one there's also yeah, covered territory by Sepultura too, which you know. okay, yeah, you know, that's a diff- that's no different thing. Yeah, so there's no also blood on our hands, scars of life, time to die and retaliate. Their eye gouging yes. ass beaters, liberally smothered in signature Melnick face liquefiers. But it's the second to last track, "War Is Waged," where in yes. cold blood gives Slayer a run for their bullshit deaf American money. It is just an epic journey into the deepest pit of hell where the demons just beat the shit out of you. That's what they do. Dude, War is Waged is one of the sickest fucking songs in this entire like discography that we're talking about here. 
So good. Now, In Cold Blood would record the Suicide King demo in 1999, but unfortunately, they broke up shortly after. Dom Romero's label, A389, would finally release the recording with some bonus tracks in 2009, proving once and for all that a second In Cold Blood album, at least in 1999, would have been more than worthy a worthy successor to Hell on Earth. So... In Cold Blood would reform in the late 2010s, release a comeback record entitled Legion of Angels that isn't, isn't a gr- as great as their early material, but it is slightly better than Mushroom Head, and that's saying a lot. I was very disappointed by Legion of Angels. It was, uh, wasn't was what I wanted it to be. That's selfish, but you know, I've been waiting since 99. Well, I guess I've probably been waiting since the early 2000s. I didn't hear him in 99, but Hell on Earth is, is just... Uh, God damn, it's such a good record. I give that one... Uh, how many smiley faces can I give? Uh, give as many as you want. I'll give it 500. Okay. All right. Well, that brings us to our next integrity-adjacent band. And it's actually... This is a story of two bands. Ooh! Two bands? Remember that episode of Sunny? <laughs> two, two wars? Are we engaged in both of these wars? So these two bands were about as integrity influenced as anyone who was an integrity could possibly be. Heavy, apocalyptic, violent, very reminiscent of Systems Overload. And both groups that we're about to talk about here featured one guy, same guy, on vocals. His name was Craig Mack. <laughs> Buckchuck. Yeah, not well, Craig Mack is also the name of a great rapper who died, but um, this is a different dude. Okay. Flavor in your ear, Craig Mack. Dude, I'm, 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 I'm uh, only recently learning. Flavor in your ear. Uh, new flavor in your ear. Biggie was on that song? Uh-huh. Buster Rhymes on that song? Oh. Uh-huh. All right. Well, anyway. Fear Tomorrow was the first of the two groups. And that should sound familiar because they were named after an Integrity album. Mm-hmm. So Fear Tomorrow hailed from New Milford, Connecticut. They formed in 99. They sprung from the ashes. I hope they actually burned them. Uh, the ashes of the more traditional straight edge hardcore band follow through. And, you know. Like most of their late '90s ilk, in my in my eyes and battery excluded, follow through was just meh. Mm-hmm. Meh. Yeah, I listen to it. It's not good. Uh, Fear tomorrow was ex- just exceptionally better. So Fear tomorrow, they were short lived. They were only active for a single year, but in that time, they released an EP called Born in Blood, and which is a great name. Uh-huh. They released the best half of a split with Integrity Two Thousand. Yeah. Uh, and that's a better year than most bands could ever hope for in this bullshit genre of music. <laughs> yeah. Here's something interesting. The Integ 2000 split that Fear Tomorrow was featured on. This was the first time where the, there, there was a specific suffix used for some of the song titles. This one in particular. The suffix is Othrax. Okay. 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 It was specifically used on the song Mabrothrax. Mabrothrax. Okay. It's a great song. I don't know what it means. Now, a few other integrity-associated bands over the years utilized the same Othrax suffix. Nobody knows what it means. I tried to figure it out. I spent a good 20 minutes trying to figure out what Mabrothrax was. Did you just look up Othrax? I looked up Othrax as well. I had no answers. Hmm. But the mystery of Mabrothrax is infinitely preferable to follow throughs, you know, you booze, you lose bullshit. That was one of the songs. <laughs> okay. Like, Get yeah, the yeah. fuck out of here. I'm tired of hearing this. So, so Fear Tomorrow, only around for a year. But then, several years later, they were followed by Living Hell. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Living Hell was sort of the second incarnation of Fear Tomorrow. It featured members of the equally integrity-influenced Dead Wrong. It's also pretty good. The Hellbomb EP is, is pretty sick. I just didn't put them on the list. Now, Living Hell formed in the mid to late 2000s. They released a self-titled EP. They later retitled it to Pavor Nocturnus. Okay. Because it sounded so much more evil. <laughs> evil. Evil. That came out in 2006. So then Living Hell released their two LPs, The Lost and the Damned, and then Oblivion uh, in 2000 2007 and 2009, respectively. Okay. Now, all three of these are must-listens, especially if you listen to Humanity and Systems so much that you've grown horns. Now, Living Hell's final LP, Oblivion, which I just mentioned, this isn't a third one, uh, this one in particular is a nigh-perfect metallic integrity-influenced hardcore record these dudes know how to do the sound, and they do it quite violently. Uh, yeah. It's a shame that they didn't stick it out for a third LP or form a new evil band at the very least. But Craig Mack does sound like a psychopath, so that might be why yeah. they didn't continue on. Apparently, he like left the country in the, t- in the early 2000s. I think he was afraid of like... Or maybe it was in the 2010s because he was like afraid of the Mayan calendar actually coming true. <laughs> That's awesome. Like whatever apocalyptic lyrics he was writing, he began to believe. It seems like that sounds fun, but they're good. Yeah, I mean, so so I don't have a rating for this one. I'll give a smiley face to both Fear uh, Tomorrow and Living Hell because they're both great. Okay, can I tell you why I don't have a rating for this one? Why? Because when I went to go listen to Living Hell Oblivion, I just looked at the band Oblivion and listened to Oblivion instead. I don't even know what that is. Uh, they were a metal band, so I thought they fit it right in. So I gave them, I gave them a smiley face. You've uh, completely derailed everything, and I am angry with you. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I pulled it up, and it was like it was a metal logo, and it sounded thrashy. And I went, "Yeah, this is this is uh, this is an integrity band." Pale Creation is the next band on this list, and they're a weird one because they're like sort of a metal band, but they're also they kind of sound like Integrity, but if they were playing underwater, so like maybe Integrity from Atlantis, more like a mermaid version of Integrity. <laughs> uh, Can you imagine? Squid Hellion sings for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, dad jokes. Nice uh, turn. Yeah. So, uh, um, uh. Somebody sent me a uh, uh, friend of the show. Kate sent me a. Uh, it was a, a juggalo bird. It looked like a bird mm-hmm. with juggalo paint, and I call it Violent Blue Jay. <laughs> so, uh, why is that so funny to me? I because dad jokes are hilarious. Puns are great. So, Pale Creation always gets mentioned in the same breath as Integrity, as they are, for all intents and purposes, a metal band from Cleveland whose members have collaborated with Dwid and other Integrity-related musicians over the years, most notably in Roses Never Fade. Mm-hmm. Pale Creation's one and only full-length Twilight Haunt was released in 1999, and we'll be honest, it's just kind of hard to like. It's okay. It's just, yeah, it's weird. It, there's there's something kind of schizophrenic about the music. It's kind of all over the place, and, and it makes it sound very strange. Uh, the band seemed like they were trying to pin down their sound for the entirety of the record, and they just never really find it. And it's it's metal, and then it's metallic hardcore, and then it's progressive metal, but it's kind of always boring. Yes. Uh, and that's and that's it, the best way to describe it. Now, Twilight Haunt is a weird manic mixture that has no personality and falls short of any of many of the bands that we're t- t- gushing about. I mean, you're gonna find that we're gonna have some bands that come up that were like yes, and then some that are like no. But this one's kind of like Ugh. that's the way yeah. I would describe it. So that's now how I feel about them. Yeah, they released a few splits in 2010s, even one with integrity. Uh, but they're just 
there's not much to write about. They they've been act- inactive since 2012, so maybe the mind calendar got them. <laughs> yeah, Pale Creation. I've tried so hard to get into them so many times. Dwid does guest vocals on Twilight Haunt, and I, I just can't. I I don't know what it is. It just sounds so strange to me. Yeah, it's not it's not my favorite. It was not my favorite listen of all these of these things. It was just kind of just no. whatever. That's that's the only way. It's just whatever. I give it three frowny faces. That's a lot of frowny faces. Well, that's going to bring us to the end. Our very last band of that is integrity adjacent. And this band is called State of Conviction. (laughs) Yeah. Now, did you listen to them? I did. (laughs) What'd you think? Uh, Is there there? So this is my rating system. So there is no limit to sad faces. Right, right, right. This band was real bad. (laughs) So we're kind of out in the boonies on this one as they're very they're they're only slightly related to integrity but state of conviction is worth mentioning if only for how truly terrible they are it's fucking bad it's really bad so we're gonna quote wikipedia on this one state of conviction is an american hardcore punk band with a funk background i hate it oh and, and look at who's in the vocal position why none other than our old friend jason popson from mushroom head that's that's sick with a capital money sign. Uh-huh. Now, State of Conviction was one of those funk metal groups. Uh, and aside from featuring Jason, they were known for their metric shit ton of slap bass. Yeah. I you know what's funny is I was like, it that threw me off when I heard that. I went, what? And then I went, no. And yeah. then and then what I did was I decided to go listen to Incubus instead. Well, see, here's the difference between you and I. I'd rather listen to State of Conviction than Incubus, but that's just me. Morning View is a great record. I believe we've been down this path before. Yeah. Boring ass. All right. You don't have to, you don't have to yuck my yum. <laughs> now, back to State of Conviction. So the whole funk metal thing, if you weren't around in like 95, 96, 97, it was a bit of a fad. Sure, there was swing and ska and all this other stuff. People were trying shit in the 90s that just didn't always work. Um, you had bands like Snot, who actually I, I still stand by, I think is a great band. Uh, you had Head P. Uh, even Suicidal Tendencies kind of flipped the script and they got in, and on, in on the fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but State of Conviction is sort of uh, Cleveland's entry into the genre <laughs> and sort of like their forays into new metal with Mushroom Head, like sort of like Mushroom Head uh, competes with Slipknot and Mushroom Head is, is horrifically bad. Yeah. State of Conviction leaves a lot to be desired. Now, the thing that I didn't know, because I didn't know, I have known about this band for quite a while, uh, <laughs> but what I didn't know is that they spawned out of a purely funk group called Unified Culture. They put out uh, a full length in 95 that was entitled, To Know What's Up, You Have to Be Down. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah. So it's very white, which is the antithesis of funk. Anyway, State of Conviction, they took that funk metal thing, they added a more hardcore punk vibe to the formula, and it made it work even less, if we're being honest. They released their only full-length, A Call to Arms, in 1997, and Dwid himself does guest vocals on not one, not two, but three of the tracks. And as I was listening, this proves to me that this whole Integ 2000 new metal thing, uh-huh. it really was an attempt to break away, to completely revamp, re- rebrand and revamp and do something completely different. It wasn't just a simple aberration. 
I mean, he's doing guest vocals on fucking funk metal band albums. Yeah. It's perhaps the most horrifying thing that we've uncovered about integrity thus far. It is. Uh, it, this proves that it was intentional. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was a definite intent here. So we, we've come to a bit of a consensus while we were away. And uh, <laughs> this episode is going to balloon out into like two and a half hour runtime is, is what we're estimating here. And uh, we're just not going to do that to you guys. So we have so much more to get to. We didn't even get to Holy Terror this week, but we're going to get to it. But it's going to have to wait until fucking next week. Yeah, there's no fucking way. The side projects and integrity adjacent. We we didn't realize it was going to take up an hour. But here's the thing, guys. We don't want to completely deprive you. So I know we said we were not going to do any segments. But we are, uh-huh. and we're going to go ahead right now and just, just, just for shits and giggles, we're going to throw in a right profile. <laughs> right profile! Say, where did I see this guy? Shoot his right profile. So in keeping with my New Year's tradition of doing more things that that fill me with joy and in listening to new music and stuff. Um, I decided to go on to the, uh, I saw an article posted the other day that was the Brooklyn vegans top uh, eight uh, was it top eight hip hop and rap albums of, of January, 2022 to give some stuff a listen. And I found something that I ended up really, really liking. And so my entry this week for right profile is uh, an, a, an artist named Yorl Droog. So that's a Clockwork Orange reference. Uh, sounds like it, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so, so Ural Drug is a... Let me pull up his bio. He's a Ukrainian-born American rapper and producer from Brooklyn. Uh, he first gained public attention in June 2014 when online rumors were circulating the self-published debut EP was recorded by veteran rap New Yorker Nas under an alter ego before revealing himself in August of that year as a 25-year-old Ukrainian-American. His self-titled debut was released digitally on November 20, 25th, 2014, and the name Drug comes from the Ukrainian word, I can't pronounce that, meaning friend. So it's your old friend. Hmm. Okay, so why do I like your old Drug? Well, he just put out a new EP called, uh, or a collaborative album called The Wolf of on Wall Street 2, The American Dream. Uh, and it was co-written and produced with a producer named The God Fahim. And, uh, and it is, it's, so he did uh, the, the original, the Wolf on Wall Street in 2021 with the God Fahim. He does these collaborative, these collaboration albums with him. And let me tell you, man, it is exactly the kind of hip hop that I like. It's got that soulful kind of jazzy kind of nice flow to it. The, he's not screaming. He's not yelling. He's like very, like his flows make sense. They like his lyrics are cool. They're interesting. I, they, they, he tell, he's a great storyteller. It's a nice, easy listen. And, and this particular collaboration album is going to be probably one of my top five of the year. Hmm. It's that good. Now, if okay. you are, if you are, if you've maybe heard the name, your old Drew, and you're not familiar, he did put out a, a, a record in 2019 called transportation. And there's a song where he says, uh, the line is something like she took the L she took the G and then the C and then the D. And there's like a, you know, it's like, it, but it like, it, it's, it makes sense. It's like very like the kind of fun that you would listen to with like older Lupe fiasco and stuff like that, where it's kind of like tongue in cheek and in that type of style. So, 
I am really excited to keep listening to him and see what else he puts out. Because he puts out, uh, like, in 2021, he put out Time, Space Bar, The Wolf on Wall Street, The Yad Fahim, The 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 Wolf on Wall Street 2. And he just, like, is just, like, a really prolific artist. So I'm really excited to see what else he does this year. So you said it's a little jazzy? Oh. It's got, yeah, a little jazzy, a little, like, I mean, very, like, it feels very old school. Like, it feels very, like, it feels like it, you could listen to it alongside, like, Gangstar and, and those those groups that have that kind of feel to it. Soulful, gospel singers in the background type of thing. Hmm. I think you would actually out. really, really like it. Go check it out. Okay. Go okay. check it out. Okay, go. Go check it out. Um, my pick is, is, is very different than that. But I did pick <laughs> okay. it. I picked it with because I thought we were going to do a right profile, and now we actually are. Um, I picked it because they have the same sort of vibe, the culty sort of mysterious vibe that Integrity does, although the sound is not completely the same. I picked the band that is has been massively hyped, and I'm I'm very late to the party on them. Uh, the band is called Gulch. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay 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 okay. So yeah, Gulch yeah. is like a little hard to describe. I mean, they're a hardcore band, but they mix like grindcore and even like maybe a little death metal or black metal into it. Mm-hmm. It's very frenetic and primitive sounding and like integrity in some of the bands that it, more more so the bands we're going to discuss next week, the Holy Terror bands. There's a little bit of a mystique to them, you know, they're not uh, you know, they're not they're not as knowable as your average hardcore band now unfortunately gulch uh i believe they already did break up but yes they're playing a few shows right yeah they're playing some final shows but they're they're basically done at this point um i did come across a pretty interesting uh interview with them and it's from vice i believe or no it's actually a Bandcamp interview i, I got i got i was mistaken it's funny because the guitarist he he does it like people compare them to all these bands and the guitarist is like I didn't listen to Madball or Terror or Breakdown. I also didn't listen to Entombed or Obituary. I don't listen to Dark Throne. Uh, and I don't listen to Mayhem. So I don't. So he's like, I don't know. Oh, so he's so he is essentially like the, you know, the Johnny Ramone of violence. Yeah, it's weird because like I, I hear I don't hear Madball or Terror, but I, I, I mean, there is a slight black metal kind of vibe. And, and and maybe entombed or a bit maybe more like more so like obituary because they have like the stompy hard parts, but like it's just strange. The band is pretty unique. All right, so they did, and and of course most people know this because this band has been super hyped for like the past couple of years, and I just didn't really know what the fuck was going on. They did a 2021 split with uh, Tsunami, which I'm not a fan of them at no, all. Don't like Tsunami. Um, they did a 2020 EP called Impenetrable Cerebral Fortress, which I think is such a great name for yeah. a record. Uh, and in tw- back in 2018, they did Burning Desire to Draw Last Breath. And one of the things that I do dig about them is that their cover art sort of like, it kind of seems like it's all cut from the same cloth. Like the same artist did it, so it, each cover has it stands alone, but it also has a similar vibe to it. Yeah, it's this is weird, almost like watercolors, almost uh, of just like uh, kind of strange looking people and skulls. So, <laughs> so it rips. 
Yeah, I mean, they're they're definitely a, a metal influence band. There's an air of mystique about them. I do like them, and I, I think it's kind of a shame that they they're not going to continue on. I'll leave you with some just just some sampling of lyrics from this from the songs uh, from one of the songs on the tsunami split. It's a good one. This one's called Bolt Swallower, and and this kind of shows how they're not your average hardcore band. Kings of the Leech swallowing whole. Parasites of man to be enslaved at the throne, crushed by the stone that sharpens the axe, called beyond death to split the king down its back. Weaponizer slaughter god, holy blade to cleanse them all, weaponizer primal nerve, forcing procreation upon those who serve. Wow. I don't know what the fuck it's about, but it's the same thing with integrity, where it's like strange, esoteric kind of a culty vibe because they're very mysterious yeah violence yeah violent i mean uh the the footage of these guys playing live is is some of the craziest shit i've seen in a long fucking uh-huh. time yeah it's 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 a lot it's now, a lot i would recommend definitely uh impenetrable cerebral fortress and the split but they have some promos and it's kind of singles and weird shit that's out there you should check them out they don't sound like integrity, but they do fit on the episode. So that's my pick, Gulch. That's a good one. Uh that band that band is a lot of fun. Like like fun in that like I, I really enjoy listening to them. Like I, I They're I, upsetting, but they're fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. It's it's definitely in that vein of like um of those those hardcore ba- like those hardcore bands and those metallic hardcore bands that are just kind of upping the ante. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's quite similar to, not not in sound, but like the 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 intensity of something like "You're the Knife" or "Jesus Peace." It's like they leave it, they put it all out there, just like this is gonna, this is gonna fucking hurt you to listen to, but in a good right. way. Right. This is what the Satanic Panic should have been afraid of. <laughs> yeah, all these guys got in under the wire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that does it for our right profile, and uh, we're already in an hour, too, so that's going to probably do it for us this episode, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not going to do anything else tonight. This is ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's uh, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, okay. we... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the outline's like 16 pages. I think we could do it in like an hour 20. You'll be, you'll be sweet, bro. Yeah, no, uh, it's, it's 16 pages plus literally like a page and a half of, of like, like you sent me a page and a half of links to listen to. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> so yeah, and, and uh, so it's just not going to happen. I've probably listened to like if if I assume that every band that's on here has about a, a forty minute <laughs> album to listen to, I've listened to all of them. My ears are bleeding. I had to clean my my ears with Third Eye Blind. So. <laughs> Well, guys, we so we're gonna make this a part uh, a four parter, and this will be our very first four parter. We've never done a four parter. Worth it. It's but, a new year. It's a new show. Yeah, and I mean, I think it'd be too much, and you wouldn't get enough out of it if it was super long. But we so the bands that we mentioned this week, we're we are gonna make a little playlist, and we definitely want you to listen to them, especially Ringworm. Yes, but. The bands next week are some of the more interesting bands because they go along with Dwid's whole holy terror church of the final judgment philosophy crazy shit. Uh-huh. And we're going to get into what that means. And we got a little surprise. There's an artist on holy terror uh, that uh, you may not expect, but <laughs> we'll, 
We'll get to all that next week, uh, most definitely. So thank you for listening to part three and hang in there for part four, because if you dig this topic, we're going to have a lot of fun with it next week. For sure. For sure. For sure. So oh, with yeah. that being said, shout out the patrons. We got announcements. So let's go ahead and do the patrons. Yeah. All right. So Mike Osborne, Laura Crosby, Kate, Neil, Amelia, Andrews, Matthew Fisher, Jessica Crane, Mario Cipriano, Christian Purley, Nancy Crozier, Emily Lawson, Jessica DeMarco, Casey Crawford, Brian Stewart, Tyler Lagasse, and Joe Regano. Joe Regano. Joe Regano. Joe, oh, Joey Oregano. Hey, how you doing over there, buddy? <laughs> so if you're interested in being a Patreon, please consider uh, patron, I should say, because Mikey gets mad at me when I say that. Uh, you, you switch them all the time. It's I'm allowed to do it. I'm allowed to, this is, I'm, this is Join the Patreon if you want to be a Patreon. <sighs> I'm sorry. Is the idea lost on people when I mix it up, or do they understand what I'm saying? It's lost on me because I'm filled with rage. Okay, that's true. You you started you started you started this show with rage. So you, you pulled the pin. <laughs> it's too easy. The pin's right there. All I gotta do is this. I go, bink. It's like when Doctor Strange stole Thor's hair. So okay. if you if you we have we have books available. Um, both of our books are ebooks now, which is awesome. Uh, we are these have the our, announcements? Yeah, these are announcements. Announcements. Okay. We have our books, Sunny Disposition, is available for purchase. We also have misprinted versions of that, which are just literally, um, the formatting is weird, but the content is still the same. Uh, so it's cheaper if you want to do that, uh, if you want to buy those. So those are available. Our books are available for e-books uh, and also hard copy books. We have mugs. We have shirts. We have new stickers. The Hell is Mean stickers are available now, so you can get those, which is a lot of fun. Um the, we it's have Mian. it's Mjad, and uh, we are looking at designing some more shirts and stuff like that too. So we've got um, uh, coming soon. We're gonna design a Jesus is a butthead shirt and sticker <laughs> uh, to go along with that. <laughs> that that's the culmination of this podcast. Uh-huh. The Jesus is a butthead T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Can't yeah. wait. Can't it's wait. It's gonna be great. So uh, those will be uh, coming down the pike in the next few months. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I, I guess that's gonna gonna do it for us tonight, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we don't have to go through the whole thing because we pre-recorded that. So yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So that's gonna do it for us this week, guys. Please come back next week for part four, and uh, and and until then, annihilate this week. And good night, Taco Bell Joe, <laughs> wherever you are. I thought you were gonna say good night, human furnace, wherever you are. <laughs> Oh, sorry, you're sleeping. I didn't mean to wake you up. (laughs) That's how he snores. (laughs) (laughs) With every exhalation, there's just flames scorching the ceiling. (laughs) How many peppers did this guy eat? Dudes are living Diablo sauce. How many packets did you have, human? How many? (laughs) Mr. Furnace, I asked you a question. Did you get into the Diablo sauce? Because that's the only thing that can explain your current condition. (laughs) Are you sure you don't have an exaggerated version of halitosis? (laughs) You set my favorite apron on fire, buddy. It's gone. I've had it the whole time I've been here, and now it's ashes. (laughs) Dude, Taco Bell Joe is the only person that can stand up to Human Furnace and live. (laughs) It's serious. I just picture him as like a prosecuting attorney. <laughs> like, <laughs> Human Furnace is on trial for burning down the fucking top. 
This man who is also a furnace for humans, this man is guilty. <laughs> what if what if he what if he was like his defense attorney? How are you gonna charge a furnace with a human crime? Oh, I know his name's Human Furnace. He's not a human, buddy. He's a demon who burns the humans within his insides. It's a misnama. <laughs> oh, it's a misnomer, buddy. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.